You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Today we're looking into recognizing spiritual opposition. One more time, we're in this series all about spiritual opposition. And last week we talked about how to recognize spiritual opposition. And folks can go back and listen to that episode. But today we're going to continue and we're going to be mostly in 2 Corinthians today. So Mark, tell us where we're going and why two weeks on recognition? Yeah, because there's so much. And really what we want to get people to think about is how the enemy wants to trap us. He really is constantly setting snares to trap us and to pull us away from Christ. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's the, the bottom line. And so in this first one, we're going to be looking at chapter two, verses 10 and 11. And I think it just sets the tone for what we're going to look at today. Paul writes in verse 10, now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Now listen to verse 11. Least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now isn't it interesting that he's talking about forgiveness? And then he goes right on to the next verse and starts talking about Satan's devices. So guess what that is? Unforgiveness is a device of Mm. Satan to trap us, right? It's one of those snares that he grabs us with and drags us down. Okay, so Paul is writing here, don't be ignorant of that. Be mindful that the enemy, Satan, he names him, he wants to take advantage of you by trapping you by unforgiveness. And Paul said, man, if you forgive You got to forgive. I forgive. We do it in the presence of Christ so that we're not ignorant or trapped by Satan's devices. So let's move into this and look at a practical sense of what uh, Paul is trying to point out to us about how Satan traps us. So he lays snares. He lays traps. Remember, he's sneaky. What Satan does not ever do is jump out from behind a bush in a red suit and a pitchfork. Yeah, right. That's right? pretty like obvious. The movie, like Hollywood used to show. That is not who Satan is. He's a, he's a deceiver. He's a snake. He lays in wait to trap us. And this is what uh, we want to really highlight to the listeners through these messages is, listen, be aware of Satan's devices. Now, we're jumping over to 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, for whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And finally, in verse 5, he says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Now let's pop back up to verse 4 for a minute, because he talks about the God of this age. That's a small g. That's talking about Satan. Mm. Satan desires to blind the minds of people so they don't see Jesus. They don't see the light of the glory of his gospel. That is his sole purpose because when people see and know the Lord, their lives change. That is when their destinies, their eternities are changed. And so Satan works overtime to blind the minds. What's one of the ways? What we just read in chapter two, through unforgiveness. 
He tries to trap us and blind our minds to see the image of God through Christ Jesus. And finally, Angie, we want to pop over also staying in 2 Corinthians there over to chapter 11. And I want to point out here, here's another tactic that we need to be aware of, starting in verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 11. But what I do, Paul writes, I will continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. But listen how Paul describes these types of people. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Here's the key verse, 14. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So again, another way that Satan and his workers try to trap Christians is because they try to disguise themselves. Remember, Mm. I said he lays in wait. He doesn't jump out in a red suit. He tries to transform himself and look like angels of light. And so Paul says, listen, if I or another angel come preaching another gospel, don't believe it. Paul himself said that Mm -hmm. right to the Galatians. And he said, listen, don't believe it. Just because it looks pretty, just because it's shiny, just because it's bright, doesn't necessarily mean that that's God. Doesn't he say to test every spirit? Yes, he does. First John, beloved, test every spirit. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, here's the bottom line is, you, well, you might say, well, I don't, yeah, but I don't know how to do that. And listen, yes, you do. First of all, Jesus said, you know them by their fruit, yeah, right? Yeah. Are they displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Or like Paul's talking about here, are they boasting in themselves? Are they making themselves to be something that they're not? Or like we just read in, in the fourth chapter, are they humble servants for your sake and in Christ's mm. sake. And so that's one of the ways you'll know. The second ways that you'll know is how do they respond? Are they responding in love? Are they drawing attention to themselves? Or are they pointing to Christ in all things that they do? So when this, when this angel of light, per se, jumps out all shiny and says good things, is it for life and more abundantly? Or is it really to kill, steal, destroy, and to lead you astray? Mm, yeah, it's a good see point. See what I'm saying? So, th- so what you're saying in all of this is that we can actually see from the Bible certain tactics that the enemy uses against us. Right. And we haven't talked yet about disunity no, and gossip. Right, <laughs> right, which are huge. We haven't talked about those. And I was just reading this, I think it was in Second John where there's people that come along and they start bickering and they start dividing and they start bringing in false doctrine and it causes divisions. He was saying that, that people will come in and try to divide. Yeah. And my point was when I was reading this and teaching this was to say, unity is so important to Jesus. Right. And anytime we allow 
anything that's negative, any kind of backbiting, any kind of talk that's not edifying right. to the body is going to start to divide. And I think we fall into this. And that is another ploy of the enemy that we just we just don't even pay attention to. We just let him do it. Right. And if we boil it all down, like we talked about last week, Angie, it's the good versus evil. If you really boil it all down, is this for the good? Is this for the edification? Is this for comfort, exhortation, building up of the body? Or is it for tearing down a person or giving them a false sense of pride and boastfulness and all those things? That is the measure or the fruit inspector, right? That's the fruit inspector in us. We should be inspecting those types of fruits. What is coming out of the person and what are they displaying? Mm, Amen. And so we shouldn't be surprised because we read about the same thing of how Jesus himself was tempted by the devil. Okay, so the scripture teaches us that Jesus was tempted in all points the same as we, yet he overcame. And so the same thing, he had to recognize the spiritual opposition, and he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and he was tempted of Satan. And Satan tempted him with the same temptations. He tempted him, look, you can have all of this. You can be like this, command these stones into bread. So he just took the scriptures and he twisted every one of them to mean something different, right? Took them out of context, twisted them to mean something different. But Jesus, being the word, knowing the word, says, no, that's not what it means. Here's what it means. And so he tempted him to to be puffed up, to, you know, you can have all of this. Just worship me. Turn these, you know, show that you're God and you can perform a miracle and you can do all this. No, no, no. Not to bring glory to yourself. Not pleasing to the flesh, pleasing to the eye, pleasing the lust of the eye, the the pride of life. No, he tempted him in all of those same areas. Yet Jesus taught us, here's how you overcome. Here's how you identify. Here's how you see that opposition. And here's how you combat it. He combated it with the way that the word was written and just spoke the truth from there. And he was able to overcome, came out of the wilderness, began his ministry. I think that pretty well sums it up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a great conversation to have. And and we've talked for two weeks on how to recognize whether it's God or the enemy. And the the bottom line is, and it's what we come back to every time, you have to know him. You have to know his character. And the only way to do that is to be in the word and with him every single day. And again, the the word is alive and active and it does penetrate your soul. Mm. And so definitely get into the word. And then when those things, those lies start coming up against you, you know how to combat them. We are now moving into our testimony section again. And with me on the phone is Pastor Roger Tickle all the way from Knox County, Ohio. Raj, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Some of the listeners in our area probably never even heard of Knox County, Raj, but you actually live there, right? Well, I do. I yeah. do. And there's a lot of counties I haven't heard of, so we're in the same boat. Yeah, that's good. Today, Roger, we have been talking about spiritual opposition. And, you know, we were talking early on about this and thinking, well, you know what? Even if you aren't a believer whatsoever, you, you have to have some sort of consciousness is all you have to have to recognize that there is good and bad in the world. There is evil and there's goodness present in the world. But exactly. today, you know, what? What we want to look at is how do you recognize this spiritual opposition because good and evil are opposites, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, part, you know, part of my answer to that is uh, if, if you are a uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, just walk outside. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and and uh, you know, uh, because uh, we are in opposition uh, continuously, and, and with uh, uh, with us, you know, obviously we the Bible says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, and uh, so recognizing spiritual opposition, do you have fear? Uh, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel, when it yeah. comes to uh, uh, walking in whatever gift it is that God's given you, or are you walking in fear with it? If you are, then you're you're facing spiritual opposition. And uh, I, I think there, oh, there's a whole plethora of ways that the enemy comes against us. Uh, temptation, um, you know, when when things are going well and you're serving Jesus and you're you're walking the you're walking the walk and then all of a sudden all these brick walls come up against you. Lies start coming into your head about the fact you can't do this. You can't. I think a lot of negativity is a good sign that uh, you're, you're facing some spiritual opposition. Yeah, Rajan, obviously Satan is going to oppose you. Obviously, if you set your heart to go and share the gospel, he's going to oppose you and he's going to send oppositions your way in the forms of several different ways. But there are yeah. other ways that Satan is trying to get you distracted, that he is trying to oppose you. And one of the things yeah. we, we started looking at a little while ago, Roger, we started looking at the question, well, what if you're asking God, you feel like God has called you to be on this mission, to go and accomplish something, and, and you feel like the Lord's yeah. leading you to do that, and you're praying about it, you're saying, Lord, okay, uh, now I need to know if this is you, and I need to know if this is your timing, and, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm in sync with you, Lord, and so, and, and then all of a sudden, obstacles appear. So how do you know, Roger, if you're actually uh, encountering spiritual opposition, or if the Lord is closing the door? You know, that's that's a good question. Um I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think that sometimes there's a difference in the way that the Lord will close a door mm. and close opportunities. And then in the way that Satan will come against you to try to attack you and keep you from walking into something. You know, I, I have been asked to do uh, certain things, to be on certain boards, to, you know, walk, and, and it's like, okay, uh, what what am I looking for uh, so that I know that this is God and this isn't just, you know, just my flesh or it, is, it isn't the enemy. Right. And, you know, first of all, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I think we get deceived by is um, it's out of my comfort zone. Mm. And so we won't do something because we're uncomfortable with it. Just because you're uncomfortable with something, doesn't mean that God isn't calling you into it, because uh, I think uh, uh, usually, more often than not, God will call you into something that you don't feel comfortable with, so that He He's the one that's 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 walking in power. So that's you know that that's one way to you don't not walk in something that God has called you in because you're uncomfortable. I I, I think I'm going to go. The word fear just keeps coming into my mind. I'm going right. to go back to the. It, back to, to fear. I think fear is a good way to recognize the enemy because I don't think God will give you fear. Right. Uh, you know, I have had him just shut plans down. You know, mm. I've, I've, had, I've had God just, you know, 
uh, I was asked to be on the board just yesterday. And uh, I'll tell you one way to hear the voice of God is <laughs> talk to your wife. Yeah, and, that's a uh, good idea. You know, but, but but there was confirmation there. And that's another way to hear, uh, I, I think, to hear whether or not God is speaking. It is, I think God will confirm things. That's really good. Of course. Uh, whereas Satan won't necessarily confirm things. I know you've had, you've had this happen in your life when you've been pulled in a direction and then somebody just out of the blue, somebody somewhere says, hey, you know, and they confirm what God's speaking. Right. I, I don't think Satan confirms. I think he just tries to destroy. Right. Yeah, he flat out tries to destroy. That's excellent. But, Rod, you're right, because the Scripture teaches us that let every word be established in the mouths of two or three witnesses. And exactly. because you said yeah. that, listen, God will confirm that word. If that's him, he will confirm it, because if you're stopping—we've yeah. been talking about this, too. If you will stop and pray along the way— and, you know, and just really include God in those plans and God include God in that walk through this. I mean, he's going to yeah. answer because he wants to provide life and more abundantly. And you're right. And he's yeah. saying, yeah, I'll confirm it. I'll confirm it. But we talked right. about this, Roger. We talked about the devil drives people, but the spirit of the Lord leads people. Exactly. There's a whole different way that God goes about things and, uh, than the enemy does. And, uh, I may I may feel intimidated by something that God has called me to do, but I won't feel the fear mm. of doing it. You know, and, and and there's a difference. There's a difference. I, I've I've stepped into a lot of things that I'm really uncomfortable with stepping into, and I and I get intimidated by these things. But I don't really feel there's a difference between intimidation and fear. That's good. That's good. Because the Lord is drawing you, wooing you, and you're stepping out of the boat. Okay, is it safe to say it right. that way? Like yeah. he drew Peter yep. out of the boat, right? He didn't drive and say, yeah. Peter, I command you out of that boat. He drew him out. He exactly. said, step out, step out. And that's what he's saying. Yeah. Even if it's uncomfortable, uh, if it's out of your comfort zone, so to speak, out of the boat, it, he is still drawing you and he's saying, I got you, I got you, I got you. Exactly. Or the devil's like, if you don't get out of this boat right now, this ain't going to happen, you know. And, and that feels like right. a whole different thing, doesn't it, Roger? It does. And, then, you know, that's a good example because, uh, you know, separating the intimidation from the fear, when did Peter start sinking? Mm-hmm. And he, he started sinking when the fear came in because the fear wasn't from Jesus. That's excellent. I think that's absolutely the truth. And that's what happened. And then plus, of course, his eyes got off of Jesus and on the waves. And uh, that's yeah. when he started to sink, too. And so I think there's there's a lesson in that as well, because as we're walking that path, the Lord knows. Like, he's not standing there with an ogre and, and a club ready to beat us over the head as we're walking this path out and following a direction that we feel like he's leading us down. And we're including him in prayer. One of the things we talked about too is knowing the word right roger if you know the word right. you know the nature you know the yep. character of god through his word and he says my sheep know my voice and they follow me so you know it's right. being being in tune with what's real and then that's how you know the counterfeit yeah yep and that's one of the one of the issues of the church is uh, we don't know the word so well anymore and 
I think that's how we get led down so many different paths. I mean, look at some of the directions that uh, that people are going with the church, and it, it, it goes totally against the word, but people have become ignorant of that. And that's, uh, you know, it's another way of knowing God's will versus Satan's will. Uh, God will never take you outside of, uh, outside of his, uh, uh, his written word. Yeah. And Roger, second uh, Corinthians two eleven says that we shouldn't be ignorant of the devil's devices and that's what he does. And, exactly. And of course, you know, Jesus told the Pharisees, you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so it just takes a little bit and the best lie yeah. is mixed in with the most truth. You know, and it, and right. the devil's sneaky yep. about it. So if you don't know the word, you won't be able to recognize. No, that's a twist on what God has intended right. for that. Right. That's right. excellent. And that's uh, that's been happening ever since the garden. That's exactly <laughs> how it all it all transpired. Uh, the enemy just twisted the word a little bit, and uh, well, look at where it got us. That's right. So, well, man, I really appreciate, we're out of time already, Roger. This time just flies as we get together and we start, uh, you know, sharpening each other's iron and sharing the truths of what the Spirit of God has been teaching us. But we really appreciate your time, Roger. Thank you. Roger Tickle from Knox County uh, joining us today on Time to Revive. We appreciate you tuning in. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.